the Antioch story, taken from Acts chapter 11, verses 19 to 30, and Acts chapter 13, verses 1 to 3. She was the Queen of the East, that was her nickname, a celebrated cosmopolitan, famous for her beauty, infamous for her immorality. At her peak, nearly half a million people made her their home. Antioch, Queen of the East, the third largest city in the world at that time. Founded on the Orontes River, where it flowed into the eastern waters of the Mediterranean, Antioch was the capital of the Roman province of Syria, now in southern Turkey. Uh, a major seaport on the Silk and Spice route, her population was made up of many different nationalities and ethnicities, uh, with people from as far away as uh, India, Persia, even China. Different languages were spoken and different religions practiced. Judaism would have been one of them because of the number of Jews who were living in the city. But the majority of people were idol-worshipping pagans. Now, like many ancient cities of the day, Antioch had an outer wall around the city, but it also had interior walls. As more and more ethnic groups came and settled there, walls started to be built for the sake of keeping peace and order between these various groups. You know, there's evidence that the city was divided into at least five main ethnic sectors. There was Greek, Syrian, Jewish, Latin, and African. Must have been like the Five Points neighborhood of New York City. And yet this melting pot of people groups was to become known as the cradle of Christianity. It was the place where disciples of Jesus were first called Christians. And it was the launch pad for Christian mission to the nations. Do you know, it's recorded that within 300 years, over a third of the population in Antioch were Christian. That's over 100,000 people. Now that is incredible. But how on earth did it happen? Well, as we shall see, it was the grace of God. A great persecution had risen up against the original church in Jerusalem and it caused the Jewish converts to be scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. But some went further afield and traveled as far as Phoenicia and Syria. And these Jewish believers shared the good news about Jesus wherever they went, mostly to their own people, the Jews. But there were a few who came to the city of Antioch and they started sharing the news with the Greeks. These were just ordinary believers anonymous missionaries, but the hand of the Lord was with them, which is kind of shorthand for signs and wonders, right? They were probably healing the sick, much like Philip had done in Samaria, and it must have got them an audience and an opportunity to tell these Gentiles, these non-Jewish peoples, about Jesus, because it resulted in a great number of them believing and turning to the Lord. Now, before we continue with the story, supposing you had an opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. Maybe it was someone you prayed for who got healed, and they ask you, how did this happen? 
or perhaps you served someone or touched someone through an act of kindness and they ask you, why did you do that? What would you say about Jesus to them in a couple of sentences? Why not pause the video and take five minutes to discuss this in your small group? Okay, so a great number of people from different backgrounds came to believe in Antioch. And news of this breakthrough soon reached the ears of the apostles in Jerusalem. They'd already heard from Peter about the first Gentiles coming to faith in Caesarea. They'd concluded that since God had poured out his spirit on this Roman household, it must be God's will to include them, even the Gentiles, in his family. But the news that they were getting from Antioch was of far greater magnitude. This was huge. This was historic. Because for the first time in history, a large multicultural church was being birthed. The first international church in the world. And so the apostles sent one of their most trusted men to help nurture this fledgling church. His name was Barnabas, a man known to be full of the Holy Spirit and faith, who himself was a Greek speaker, being originally from Cyprus. And when Barnabas arrived in Antioch and saw for himself the grace of God, he was very glad. But what was the grace that he saw? He must have seen in these converts that even the most severe persecution could not hinder the blessing of God. He saw how God's promise to Abraham centuries before that all people groups would be blessed through his descendants was now coming to pass in Antioch. He saw how the gospel had power to transform the lives of immoral, idol-worshipping pagans. He saw how the barriers that had once separated different people groups were now coming down as a new people were being formed, one new man in Christ. And there was only one word that could describe this blessing, and that word was grace. It was the grace of God that Barnabas saw in Antioch. But it wasn't just Barnabas. The people of Antioch saw it too. They didn't know what to make of these Christ followers. Up until then, they'd been seen as a subset of Judaism, you know, a Jewish sect. In fact, they were often called Nazarenes because Jesus came from Nazareth. But in Antioch, something new had happened. These weren't just Jews worshipping Jesus. I mean, it must have been clear that Christ wasn't just an ethnic or national God, because here there were different nationalities, different ethnicities, all proclaiming Jesus as their Lord. He was the Lord of all nations. And so they needed to find a name for this new multicultural community, which is why it was in Antioch that for the first time, they became known as Christians, the people who belonged to Christ. Well, with Barnabas ministering in the church, more and more people became Christians until he realized he needed help. And so Barnabas went looking for Saul of Tarsus. Saul had been a Pharisee 
and the chief persecutor of the church in Jerusalem. But he was converted on the Damascus Road when he encountered the risen Lord Jesus, who told him that he'd been chosen to go to the Gentiles. At first, the believers in Jerusalem were afraid of him because of his past reputation, but it was Barnabas who vouched for him to the apostles. And so Saul went from enthusiastically persecuting Jesus to now enthusiastically preaching Jesus, and with such persuasion that his life came under threat. And when the brothers in Jerusalem heard that people wanted Saul dead, they sent him away. 400 miles north to his homeland of Tarsus and there he remained in some obscurity until good old Barnabas went looking for him and brought him to Antioch. And so they spent the next year labouring together teaching the people. Well it was about that time that some prophets arrived in Antioch. Now these weren't lone prophets who kind of went about predicting things and prophesying without any real accountability, right? These prophets came as a team and they came from the church in Jerusalem, no doubt sent by the apostles and likely invited by Barnabas, who probably knew them. This was relational. Prophets and prophecy are gifts of grace to the church to strengthen and build up God's people and to direct them in his mission. Not much is said about how this team ministered in Antioch, but one important message was recorded. It was a revelation that one of the prophets, Agabus, had when he told the church that a great famine was coming. It was a famine that actually came to pass during the reign of the Emperor Claudius. Well, the church in Antioch took this prophetic word very seriously. And again, we see the grace of God at work, crossing major cultural barriers, because the response of this largely Gentile church in Antioch was to take up an offering, where everyone gave according to their ability. And they determined to send this love offering to the Jewish believers who were living in Judea. And so not only were they reaching across a big ethnic divide that existed at that time, but a social economic one too. Because it was the much poorer church in Judea that would suffer the most during a famine. The church in Antioch was again displaying the grace of God as they embodied God's intention for his people throughout history that they should remember the poor. You know, taking care of the poor and showing compassion to the needy is something that God impressed upon his people over and over again in the narrative of the Bible. It was something that Jesus clearly demonstrated in his own ministry. And it was an important value that Saul encouraged in many of the churches that he later helped to start on his missionary journeys through Asia Minor and Europe, where he was known by his Roman name, Paul. And again, it was the gift of prophecy that directed Paul in this mission to the Gentiles, the mission that Christ had called him to. The prophecy came when one day Paul and Barnabas were meeting with some of the other leaders who were uh, recognized teachers and prophets in the Antioch church. 
they were worshipping together with the church family and seeking God with fasting. And this leadership team was a very diverse group of people. I mean, you had Paul, who was a Syrian Jew. You had Barnabas, a Cypriot Jew. Uh, Simeon, who was a black African. Uh, Lucius, a North African. And Menaean, who was a Palestinian. I mean, surely it would have been easier to have formed kind of homogenous churches, like a, a Jewish church, a Greek-speaking church, an African church, and so on. You know, to build a multicultural church represented by a multicultural leadership requires a lot of intentionality and grace. But there can be no doubt that these leaders were committed to demonstrating the power of the gospel to unite diverse people. They were displaying God's grace in sending Jesus, that through the cross he was creating in himself a new humanity. So as the leaders and the church body gathered to worship that day in Antioch, it was in a sense a foretaste of heaven, of what it would have looked like in a new heavens, a new earth, where one day people from every nation, tribe and tongue will be worshipping around the throne of Jesus. But until that day comes, the church has a mission to take this gospel of grace to the multitude of other people groups around the world who have not yet heard about Jesus, so that they too might be included in his family. And that was the essence of the prophecy that came to the church that day. We're not told who brought it, one of the prophets I'm sure, but it was clear that the Holy Spirit was calling Barnabas and Paul, two of their dearly loved leaders, to be sent out with a team from Antioch to go and make disciples and start churches in other nations. They were a church of the nations going to the nations. So after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. And next time, we'll look at one of the most influential churches that Paul founded in Asia Minor in the Ephesian story. Here are some questions that you can discuss in your small group. It says in Acts 11 that the apostles sent Barnabas to Antioch, and when he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. So first of all, what was the grace that Barnabas saw in Antioch? and make a list of the church's characteristics. Secondly, should these characteristics be replicated in every church? And if so, why? And thirdly, how are you seeing these things being displayed at New Frontiers Church? And where do you see room for growth? Finally, what part can you play to help us grow in these characteristics?